Hello and welcome to the Music Survival Guide, the independent musician's guide on how to survive in the music industry. My name's Phil, a mixing and mastering engineer. Well, hello to you. I hope you're all doing well out there. I want to say this episode that I put a poll on the Music Survival Guide podcast Facebook group, which you can go join if you'd like. It's a really good place. And about what is your biggest challenge as a band? And I put on a few options there that you I thought bands might choose but one that came up that someone else submitted was covering your costs how do you cover your costs as a band how do you go about doing that and I thought that's a really interesting basis for an episode so here we are I'm going to talk about covering costs as a band so there's no point messing about I'm just going to get on with it the first thing to say is you need to make sure that you minimize your expenses what are you spending money on that you don't necessarily need to spend money on Random examples, if you are hiring a rehearsal room to rehearse, is there another option? Could you consider rehearsing at someone's place if you've got some room there? It's going to save you a lot of money. If you are rehearsing in a rehearsal space and you don't have a choice about that and you're doing things like you're hiring out, say, microphones from them every week, which is maybe only a few quid, but over time it adds up. Why don't you just buy a microphone? It could just be an SM58 as a one-off purchase and then you never need to buy, you never need to rent your microphone again. You can just do it and it's once and done, which is a really important thing to have in your head. Minimise your expenses. Make sure you're not spending money on stuff that you don't need to spend money on, especially if you're a smaller, newer band. Those are examples that I have, but there could be all sorts of things that you could think of that you like. We don't really need to do that. We don't really need to spend money on that. There's an alternative, that kind of thing. Really important place to start because before you consider what your income is, you need to consider what your outgoings are and where you can afford to not have those as outgoings, basically. So I've written I've written down a list of potential income streams that I'm going to discuss that you can have as a band. And this is all about, again, all in the name of covering your costs as a band. So it's really important to go through all these things and work out what is what and where, what you what is what and what's going to work for you, what's not going to work for you as a band, because not all of these options will work for everyone. I think that's really important to say. So point number one is chipping in together. (laughs) Sounds what it is. If you are a very, very new band, you're going to need to do this. You're not really going to have any income. If you have a rehearsal, you're going to need to split the cost of that rehearsal, say four or five ways. That's just the way it's got to be. You've got to all cover the costs. You've got to cover the costs of rehearsals, things like that, getting to gigs, getting to rehearsals, the rehearsal space, things like that really important when you're really early in the band, make sure you're all paying an equal amount. It may sound silly, it may be that some of you are poorer poorer than others, but if you're all chipping in an equal amount, you're all invested. You're all investing your money as well as your time into the project, into the band early on. And hopefully as you go down the line, as you get further and further into um, your musical um, journey as a band, you can hopefully stop chipping in together. But it's really important to say early on, don't go in with any false expectations. You need to input some money into this band to get it started. Point number two is gigs. Now, this is a big one. I think this is probably the biggest one for a lot of bands is when you are at gigs, when you have gigs, you can earn money from those gigs. Now, certain gigs are going to earn you far more money than other types of gigs. And unfortunately, that's just the name of the game. You need to be very, very, very careful with the types of gigs that you you take on. If you go to a kind of gig where they say, we want you to make X number of ticket sales in order for us to pay you, maybe consider not doing those kinds of gigs. 
maybe you really want to do, but don't access, don't necessarily go in expecting to be paid the full amount. It's a sad but true fact that you're not going to be able to sell as many tickets as you hope you will. So you just need to be careful and go in eyes open into the different kinds of contracts you can get for doing a gig. Make sure you go in eyes wide open to that. Some of the past interview episodes I've done have gone into the different types of gigs and different ways that bands have been um let's say cheated out of their money from certain unscrupulous venues and promoters so just be careful with the kind of gigs you take on but those gigs can pay you money now don't get me wrong especially if you're not at a professional level you can't expect this to start paying your wages your hope what you're looking for is you are looking to as it says cover your costs you're not looking for all your expenses to be paid out and you're going to earn a few grand a year it's just not going to work that way unfortunately in this day and age you need to cover your costs you need to cover those rehearsal costs cover the costs of getting to gigs cover the costs of recording and mixing and producing your music and all the hidden costs like websites and things like that and photo shoots that you might not think of at first but do cost money make sure you have enough money to cover those costs so gigs are a great place to start the next place that i would go to is merch and note i'm saying merch rather than music and buying albums and things like that because things like t-shirts things like posters guitar picks whatever you want it to be novelty condoms with your name on it things like that bands do don't ask me um they can all be great money earners for you as a band. And people buy them when they want to support you as a band, when they like what you're doing and they want to put a bit of money into you as a band. And don't forget, things like t-shirts, if you haven't got them, the advantage of them is one, you can sell them and make a bit of cash. Sure, there's an immediate benefit. But two, more importantly, when someone goes out with your band name on their t-shirt, people are going to see that and they might ask, oh, who is that band? Where can I find them? And you might get another fan. And then getting those fans, you can get more people to gigs, more people buy your merch, all those kinds of knock-on effects. So they're great. Don't underestimate the power of merch. But also, it's, again, a great money earner. Simple as. If you're not producing T-shirts, you're, you're, it's not a good time. Now, having said that, if you are a brand new band and no one knows who you are, don't waste money producing loads of merch. Don't waste your time producing 10,000 T-shirts. You might decide you hate your band name and need to change it really quickly. You might decide your logo is terrible and you need to change it really quickly. These kinds of things are what happen early on in a band life. And don't saddle yourself with loads of unsellable merch because it's under the old band name or under the old logo or you made them really cheaply or whatever. Make sure you have your kind of initial um, idea for what the band is and how it's going to be set before you do that. Also, you want to make sure that you're going to be able to sell that merch. So make sure you have a decent enough fan base before you start investing money into things that you need to sell, which is why I put gigs higher than merch, because getting people to a gig is in some ways easier than buying merch. But there we go. That's maybe a bit of an argument that some people will take up with me. Number four is music. Now, unfortunately, music doesn't really pay out as well as it used to. Unfortunately, this is just the way it's gone. Spotify is not going to pay you as much as you want it to. <laughs> it's kind of as simple as that. You might get a few quid if you've got loads of listeners, but it's not going to pay you as much as you want to. Unfortunately, it's a discovery tool that people use to find bands. So it's really important to be on there, but it's not going to earn you money, which is really annoying. Things you can do to mitigate that on your social media 
don't necessarily point people towards your Spotify page. Maybe point them towards your Bandcamp page where you're going to make money. Don't forget that Bandcamp have Bandcamp Fridays. I think they're once a month where all the um, administration costs and fees get wavered. And so 100% of the money comes to you as a band. Those things are really important. Don't underestimate them. There's loads of other ways you can potentially monetize your music, but really getting people to listen to it and getting people to buy it is really important. There's some artists I know who really emphasize the sale of CDs. A lot of people buy CDs. I still buy CDs. And they say, you know, look, if you buy a CD from me, if you buy it from here, say they usually sell it direct. I will get, or the band will get, 100% of the money from it. It's not going into some faceless corporation. It's going straight back into the band, straight back into making sure we can continue to gig, to make music, to do all these things as a band. Really important that you emphasise that kind of thing so that people are buying into not just your music, but they're buying into the band continuing. Really interesting way to go about it. My final point is there are innovative methods that you can use to fund the band. So my big example here is Patreon. There's several bands I know who do Patreon, but not as many as I'd expect. So the thing about Patreon, like merch, is you need to have a decent amount of fans because only a select number are going to sign up for your Patreon. It's maybe only a few quid a month for them, if that, but you need to make it worthwhile for them. You need to make monthly or weekly content for them, which is going to be a bit of a time drain. But if you're getting that money, you can make that content. So it's a bit of a, it's something to really think about as a band very carefully before you try and go into it. But again, don't set up a band on day one and then immediately set up a Patreon and expect to get hundreds of people paying for you. It's not going to work like that. You need to have an established fan base before you consider those options. If you do get that established fan base and you do get Patreon subscribers, that can be a great way to cover your costs to make sure you're not all just paying for it out of pocket. So the reason why I put that last out of all my list is that, again, you really do need those other things in place. So you need to start off by chipping in together, making sure everyone's paying a little bit to get those things done. Gigs are going to come hopefully quite early on and they will hopefully pay you some money. If not much, then just enough to cover some costs as a band. Merch is a great place to go next when you've had some gigs under your belt and you've established a sound and you've got some fans and maybe you have people asking you, do you not have any t-shirts as a band? Then you can invest in them and make some money that way. Music, make sure you're releasing music regularly. You want to put it out there. There's loads of other income streams that I haven't mentioned, like you can put them on YouTube and there's advertising revenue on YouTube and that kind of thing, as well as Bandcamp and Spotify and selling physical CDs if you like. And finally, there's Patreon with its innovative methods of monthly payments, but there's content that you have to produce quite regularly there and you have to make sure that you have a decent enough base of fans before you set up essentially a fan club. So that is it for another episode of the Music Survival Guide. If you enjoyed it, then please leave me a review wherever you listen to this podcast. I really appreciate every single one of them. Please also share it with any friends and bandmates if you thought it was useful. I really appreciate every single one of you. So if you're interested, we have a community on Facebook called the Music Survival Guide Community. Hop over there for chats about music and band life with other musicians and industry people. And if you want to suggest an episode topic, things like that, I'm absolutely happy to take suggestions from that group. So please just pop in there and say, I'd love you to do an episode about this. And I will certainly consider it. And I will see you next time.